Well, you probably have guessed by now that I'm not young. Has anybody figured that out? I mean, I'm not old, but I'm not young. Um, I'm not Methuselah, but I'm not a young man in the prime of his life. I'm an old man in the prime of his life, and don't you dare say anything less than that. Um, but across the journey of my life, I've had the great privilege of being in various contexts. Um, we started out, Jane and I, in this church. This church, Jane's family, began, I think, over 40 years ago. It started in the, the mother's, Jane's mother's front room across the street, and it grew, and people who really loved the things of the Holy Spirit were attracted to this environment, and we left here um, to go to Scotland. We pastored in Scotland for seven years, seven years. Have you ever been to Scotland? Has anyone ever been to Scotland? It rains a lot in Scotland, doesn't it? It rains a lot in Scotland. And so we used to be, you know, Afro-Caribbean when we went, but we came back washed. I've always wanted to be Afro-Caribbean, but maybe in the following life, Jesus might bless me with those attributes. That would be good. And we, we were there for seven years. God did amazing things. And then there was a church in Bristol that had a, a, a situation where the pastor uh, had a moral fall. And there was all kinds of chaos there. And they thought, who can we send and whom shall go? And guess who it was? It was us. And we went to this church that had so... Sorry, Andrew. Are you throwing the mic at me already? <laughs> this church had been so hurt by the process that they were very hostile. The first 18 months of our time there was really, really uh, quite a difficult time. And um, we were, you know, I suppose the ones who came to uh, build things again. And God did some great things. And, and then I was a regional leader for a while. I did that for about two, maybe three years. I looked after 135 churches in the southwest and Wales. And I was invited to come along to uh, Elim's flagship church, Kensington Temple. I was invited to come along to be Pastor Colin's successor. And we went there, I think it was the October of 2018. Would it be 2018? 2018. And uh, we had 18 months with these wonderful people. I, I want to tell you that the, the people in that church are just phenomenal. Phenomenal people, as there are in every church. In every church there are phenomenal people. And, and, and I was working alongside some exceptional people, but they couldn't make it today. So we invited Andrew... <laughs> I'm only kidding. I had this great joy. We used to meet and chat about things, and I just picked up his heart for Jesus. And there are some qualities about this young man who's going to come and preach for you in a minute that I think don't even need explaining. You'll pick them up yourself. He loves Jesus. And not only does he love Jesus, he has a great passion to pursue Jesus. He wants to give his whole life in pursuit of Jesus. Not only does he love Jesus, have a passion to pursue Jesus, but he has an incredible ability of sharing that love with people. And uh, I want you to give Andrew a huge welcome to Christian Life Church this morning. And I think it's so important when people come to minister, particularly in a context that's not their home church, that we spiritually welcome people and give them the permissions that they need to hear and be afforded to them to minister in freedom and liberty because we don't want any restriction because we don't know a place or don't understand a culture. So I'm going to ask you to reach your hand out towards him and, and pray 
that God would use him mightily today. Pray that God would flood his mind with thoughts that lead people to life. Pray that God would release the passion and the power that God has deposited in. Pray that we would be the best hearers and receivers of everything that God wants to do. Lord, we ask you to bless Andrew as he seeks to be a blessing to us. And more importantly, Lord, as he always desires to be a blessing to you. We pray, Lord God, we will all leave this place today thoroughly blessed as a result of our encounter with your word in and through his life. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you, Andrew. Amen. Amen. Whoa, hallelujah. Hey, she's ready. Lord, make me ready. Okay. I'm really encouraged, um, and I want to say thank you to Pastor Simon. Um, there's not many people, there are, but there's not many men of God who've, um, who've uh, touched me, my heart, in a way which is, which is quite profound. Um, it, it's not so much how someone preaches that affects me. It's how I see God in them. And I've seen God in this man many times. And often, some of the greatest times to see God in someone is in times of hardship. And when you learn how to um, be love in unloving situations, in unkind situations, and and decide to, you know, I'm going to follow God's way and not be hardened by situations, that's often the true test. I'm going to speak that revelation I have about Pastor Simon into everyone's life right now. It's not the situation, the getting or the letting go of the things that you're going through, which is your problem. Your biggest concern must be your heart. Your heart is key to everything. It's not about the person. It's not about the materials. It's not about the lovely green shoes. It's not about any of those. It's about your heart. And if the green shoes go, if he goes, if she goes, if they say bad, if they hurt you, the question is this, how did you take care of your heart? Because often, if you don't take care of your heart, it will block you into going into the new place God has for you. Your heart's valuable. If I told everyone right now, okay, you're having a house party. Um, there's a man coming and he's going to steal your yellow shoes. What will you all do? You'll protect your yellow shoes, right? But what happens if the person doesn't um, go for your yellow shoes? He goes for your big TV. Now, because you didn't have the same attention on your TV as you had on your shoes, you allow something to be taken. The principle is this. The most important thing to take care of is your heart. Protect that and God will do great things. Amen. Amen. Okay, side note gone. Side note gone. Let's go. Let's go. I had a word in the beginning of the first service, and I'm going to release it again um, at the beginning of this service. Live for joy and embrace happiness. Don't live for happiness alone. The difference is this. Joy is God-given. Happiness is earth found. Have that joy. That has to be the first thing in life that you hold on to. I have the joy of the Lord. And from that joy, then pursue happiness. Go for it. But don't not have joy. 
and live only for happiness. Because happiness is very temporal. But joy is eternal. That's so important. I don't know who that's for, but that's very important. Amen. Okay. Let's do this. Okay, so what you'll find out about me is when I am excited about a word, I'm pacing up and down this. You're just, hey. So bear with me. And I talk very fast. So if you want, record me. Try to take notes. Um, there's a few nuggets that come out now and again. Um, and let's see what God does this morning. Amen. Amen. Christianity. Christianity often is seen as a religion of rules. And that's often how many of us perceive it. Uh, have to do this, have to do that, have to do this, have to do that. When I was young, wasn't a believer, I was understanding what my parents and my church was telling me. And one of the key things that they were always talking about was the Ten Commandments. Let's just remember what the Ten Commandments are. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. At the age of 16, I think I broke at least half of them. And I thought to myself, this is impossible. Like, this is, this is impossible. Like, I can't live like this. I'm going to leave this alone. I read the Bible. And I thought the Ten Commandments were bad. But Jesus made it worse. Matthew 5, 21 to 22, listen to this. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Angry. Listen, I'm Nigerian. Anger's like the common thing in my house. So I thought to myself, ah, man, this is finished. We're, we are done for. It gets worse. Matthew 5, 27, 28. Jesus is on a roll here. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Yay! So I said, Koi, is there, is there any point of going to church? To make it even worse, James 2.10, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. <laughs> I said, okay, so what's this about then? So I thought to myself, it must be about try. Try the, hard, try the best you can. And that's often the mindset that Christians have. Try the best you can. Now you know Jesus, try your best for Jesus. I have to tell you this, that's not Christianity. Christianity is not try the best you can for the sake of knowing Jesus. That is not Christianity. So the question must be first, so what's the point of the law? What's the point of the law? I need a volunteer. You're my volunteer from the nine o'clock. You come again. Come, sir. Come, 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 come. Come. You know it. Okay, so just stand here. Right? Now, this illustration is to describe to you 
what the law is. Okay? Now, I want you to close your eyes. You, remember, you know the drill. Close your eyes. Good. Don't be tempted. And what I want him to do is walk down this aisle of chairs in three, two, one, go. Without touching a chair. Hey, my God. Stop. Right? As you can tell, he hit the chairs. Now, in him hitting the chairs, he, in the sense of this, he's broken the law. The whole purpose of law is to guide the person the best they can down a certain way. That's the whole point of law. The problem with spiritual law is spiritual law is ultimately God's way. It is God saying, I would not kill. I would not steal. I would not lie. The purpose of the law was one to guard and protect those who were trying to obey the law. That's the purpose of it. The next purpose of the law was that the law was supposed to guide the person who was, it was inevitable for them to sin. The purpose was for them to be guided to Jesus. Jesus was the one who knew no sin. He fulfilled the law perfectly. There was no breaking of the law. Now, this is very key. This is very important. Most people say, okay, well, well, that's the law. The Ten Commandments doesn't change. Um, I just have to try the best I can. I know Jesus. Jesus, please help me. I, I really want to do well. And they'll try to keep the law. But what you'll come to realize is no matter how hard you try, close your eyes, there's always going to be times. No matter how hard you try, close your eyes and try to walk through again. No matter how hard you try, he just touched it. Right? He just touched it. And in those moments, he didn't want to sin, but he sinned. It was his intention to abide by the law, to do the law, but he couldn't do it by himself. This is the key of the Old Testament. It was supposed to reveal to people, you cannot do it by yourself. There is a difference between you and the God that gave you that law. And ultimately, only the God who gave that law would be the person who could do the law. So if a human could do the law, it must be proof that that human was God. Now, that's just the beginning. You can take a seat for now. Thank you, sir. That's just the beginning. Listen to this. Galatians 3, uh, I want to focus on 22 and 24. But the scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin. So that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. This is where I want you to listen. Verse 23. Before the coming of this faith, faith in Jesus Christ, we were held in custody under the law. Locked up until the faith was to come and would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. In short, the law 
was supposed to point the trials of the law to Jesus. That's it. Now, New Testament believer. My brother here was a New Testament believer. He believes in Jesus. But he still sees sin in his life. Most Christians, come back. Most Christians consider the fact that they sin means that they are a sinner. If that's you, let me be very clear. You sinning doesn't make you a sinner. I'll say that again. You sinning doesn't make you a sinner. A sinner is actually a noun. It's a naming word to describe a spiritual state of a person. What do I mean? If you do not believe in Jesus, the Bible calls you spiritually dead. And as a result, your spirit needs to be born again. So the spiritual disconnectedness of your spirit is what makes you a sinner. The problem with so many Christians is that they try to obey the law. They have the life of God. They're not sinners. They're righteous in God's eyes. They're children of God. But because they're trying in their own strength still, they make mistakes. To make it even worse, there's now, sin, there's now guilt, shame, and condemnation. One of the biggest problems with condemnation is that it is a, an identity transformer. What do I mean by that? Condemnation will make you think differently about yourself. It will make you think, because I've done that, I am this. Because that happened, I am this. Because she said that, I must be this. That's condemnation. Anyone who is condemned at any moment, in that moment, believes about themselves differently to how God sees them. So one of the biggest challenges that you have to overcome is the voice of condemnation. You cannot say that you are the level of your performance. What I mean by that is this. You're not good because you, tr you are doing good for two days. It doesn't work like that because on the third day you'll do bad and now all of a sudden you're bad. You have to start again. God is saying this. No, 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 no. It's not about your identity changing. You are a good tree. If you believe you're a good tree, the Bible says you'll produce good... Ah, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A good tree produces good fruit, a bad tree produces bad fruit. The fruit you bear is based on the tree you believe you are. So do you either believe you are good because you're connected to the God who is good or you're bad because you're not connected to the God who is good? Principle number one. From that moment, I believe in Jesus. He's a believer. But here's the problem. He's still not walking with Jesus. How many people inside this room struggle with their walk? Struggle doing right? Especially if you've got a difficult family. Hey. And often our prayers is, Lord, change them. Let me be the same but let them be changed. And the reality is that isn't what God wants. God wants you to realize that you have been changed. Key. 
So what is the Christian walk? If the Christian walk isn't simply professing that you're a Christian and trying your best to keep his laws, what is the Christian walk? What does it look like? I'll show you, Pastor Simon. This is what it looks like, okay? Are you ready for this? If I teach anything today, let this be of most significance. Before I do this, Stop trying to do life for him. Start to do life with him. Okay. In the sake of this illustration, Pastor Simon is the Holy Spirit, believe it or not. Right? <laughs> okay. Now, the law, he tried to kiss his teeth. The law is still spiritual. You can't see spirit. So that's why the believer still has to be blind to all of this. He has to close his eyes. <laughs> when we close our eyes and we cannot see, we will naturally stumble into things that we can't see because we can't see them. We're always going to do wrong because of our spiritual blindness. But we thank God because through Christ, he's given us sight. So though in this illustration his eyes will be closed, he's now a man of God who is being led by the Spirit of God. Let's see what happens. Go for it. Joby, just put your feet closer together, as close as you can get them. And just slide one step in front of the other. That's it. Keep coming. You're going to come to some obstacles now. Just keep your feet close together and shuffle past. Keep going. Pause. Sometimes in life, you're going to feel that you can go faster than what is at the moment. It's not about your time, it's about God's time. Once again, Chobi, keep your feet together and keep, keep moving towards me. Just follow the lead of my voice. I'm standing right in front of you. You're going to come to a little bit of a break now. Things are going to get a little easier and you can rest if you want. Sometimes in life there are distractions. The distractions are designed to take your eyes off Jesus, asks Peter. If you don't take your eyes off Jesus, you will keep on walking on the overflow of your success. You won't drown. You'll keep walking. You'll do the impossible. The enemy doesn't want you to keep walking with God in times of distractions. He wants you to be distracted. But irrespective of the noise, irrespective of the people who are doing this, the, your best friend who's making this amount of money, your, 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 your family friend, your family member who is, who's got a massive family, irrespective of what's going on around you, the bottom line is this, keep your eyes on Jesus. Okay, Toby, the distraction now has died down. Just keep your feet close together. Don't Ooh, now check this out. Sometimes God will speak. What you didn't see is that God said, keep your feet close together, but he, he opened them. Listen, it's not that God doesn't speak. The question is, are you hearing? 
It's not that he doesn't speak. He's always speaking. The question is, are you operating in the dimension where you hear his voice? Sometimes, walking with God can give you a false sense of confidence. Everything's been great for the last two months. Let me do my own thing. And in your own thing, you lean in your own understanding. And in that moment, error. Don't lean on your understanding. Don't put your confidence on your experience. Put your confidence in him. So listen closely to my voice and just one step in front of the other. Slowly. You're coming past some obstacles now either side of you. One is very close. But keep walking towards me. One step. Another step. And another step. And you're through. God wants you to get through this season. I used to be a personal trainer a long time ago. Long time ago. And one of my gifts is encouragement. I operate at a very low level compared to God and his level of encouragement. I say all of that to say this. God is desperate for your success. He's desperate for your success. That illustration here is what the spiritual walk looks like. To be led by the Spirit of God requires the individual to be filled by the Spirit of God. Not just initially filled in 1974, but consistently filled. Because if you're consistently filled by the Spirit of God, you will be consistently led by the Spirit of God. When you walk with God, you will fulfill not just the law, but his will for your life. I don't know who I'm talking to. Stop trying to do this by yourself. Stop trying to let your behavior be the thing that you're... Don't let performance management, don't let your performance be what validates you. What validates you is the blood of Jesus that you've believed in. Never forget that. The purpose of you walking with God is that God will be seen in your life. When you sin as a sinner, there was a moment when he, he done something. He could have touched a chair. Let's say he touched a chair and that was sin. Don't let me say it like this. When a believer sins, they're not a sinner. When a believer sins, at best, at worst, they're a hypocrite. What do I mean? The word hypocrite is defined as the word Greek, um, as the Greek word actor. So when a believer sins, they are acting 
acting in a way that's not truly them. On a more spiritual level, the believer has been deceived to act in a way that's not them. But God's desire for you, even in those moments, is this. 1 John says, at any moment confess your sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So you can serve the living God. God's forgiveness, God's mercy is always there no matter what. But here's the problem with what I've just said. Everyone's heard about grace, right? Have you heard, um, do what you want as a believer. He loves you anyway. Yeah? That grace there. The problem with that teaching of grace is that it's one side of a coin. What do I mean? Ephesians 2 verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is, not from, um, this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. One of the definitions of, of grace is unmerited or undeserved favor. So God will be to you who God is, irrespective of what you do. So the teaching is accurate. Your behavior doesn't affect God's love for you. But the issue with that teaching is they most, most of them say amen and stop there. They don't turn the coin. The second definition of grace is this. God's divine ability that works in you so you can do what you could not do. So, God is going to give his unmerited love towards you because he is love. But his desire is for you to receive it, to be empowered to do what you couldn't do by yourself. This is what he wants for you. This is what changes Birmingham. This is what changes this church. This is what changes your house. This is what changes your school. This is what changes your workplace. This is what changes your trip on the bus, on the train. This is what God wants. How can we fulfill the law scripturally? Romans 13, verse 8 to 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except continuing um, debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Listen to that, that's the answer. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whenever and any other commandment there may be are summed up by this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Let's clap for Jesus. When a believer is walking with the Holy Spirit, they are walking in love with God. When a believer walks filled with the Spirit of God, they are walking in love with God. This is key. You see, so many of us are just trapped in the theology of it all. 
What does the Bible say about God's love? It says that he does love me. Okay, do you feel the love of God right now? No. Try your best. And you see, guys, this is what I'm trying to say. If we don't identify with his love, you are best left with your flesh. Get ready for this. Take the word flesh. Turn it around. Take away the H. What does it spell? Self. You will walk in self-centeredness. That is devoid of love. That is all about you. And all the errors that you see in you. God wants you free from that. When you're walking with God, you fulfill Romans 5.5. 5. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. My question to everyone is this. Is your heart open today or daily to receive God's fountain of overflowing love? If you're... I love Nando's. I love Nando's. I really do. I work <laughs> and what's so interesting about Nando's is the bottomless cup. Right? As long as you know where the dispenser is, you take your cup, you fill it up. As long as you know where it is, you have access to a consistent filling when you want. Prayer. When you connect to God in prayer, you have access to an overflow of God that is always ready to give out. The question is, is your heart cup there, positioned to receive? To all that decide, <laughs> Jesus, thank you. When Jesus shouted out, if anybody firsts, If you're thirsty for righteousness, if you're thirsty for holiness, I'm not saying try harder. I'm saying receive. Position yourself. Bring your heart to him. And he will never quench those who can't. He will never not give. He's a natural giver. The question is, have you positioned yourself to receive? I've come to realize, brothers and sisters, the consistency of our coming to receive and be filled is key to everything. One day I'll come back if Pastor Simon allows me, if I finish at 12. And I'll talk about the book of Revelations. One of the key things about the book of Revelations, chapter 2, chapter 3, every church, it says, if they overcome, if they overcome, if they overcome, the key to be an overcomer of any situation is to be filled. Paul says it differently, Romans 8. He says, who can stop us from receiving the love of God? Let's go back to Nando's. Who can stop you from receiving the bottomless cup that you've paid for? 
Is it your friend? No. Is it the cashier? No. It's yours. Nothing, no one can stop you. There's not even a queue. Nothing can stop you. You have access to it all times. Where is the you trying your hardest in that? So many Christians have been told, go and do. I say, realize that you are before you do. Be in him, in reality, so you can do like him in experience. To the kids here, they may be getting bullied at school. Legit, they may be Genuine people that dislike some of these kids in secondary school and college and university. But I tell you this, in the face of all of that, if they decide not to fall for the lies, but be filled, they'll overcome. Nothing can stop you, therefore. Except this. You remain on your seat in Nando's. And you have the audacity to say, I'm thirsty. <laughs> I'm thirsty. You're looking at other people drinking. Oh, I'm very thirsty. You're thirsty. You spend three, I'm watching you. You spend three hours in Nando's. I'm thirsty. Now you lot are laughing at the illustration. But it's true because you complain about things in life. The moment you complain is actually saying, I reject God's grace for my life. The grace that allow me to not complain, I don't want to engage with, I'd rather complain. But I've told you, you have easy access to the, to the, to the flow that allows you to be complain free. So get up. Pick up your mat and walk. You're healed. There are three types of love relationships that you have to engage with. You have to know this. One, love for God. Two, love for others. Three, so important and not spoken about enough in church, love for self. Do you know what's so frustrating? When someone, you know when someone, <laughs> you know when you're in the flesh, it's all about self in that moment. And you see someone who really loves God. I love God. It's like, oh. You're they're really engaging with worship. I just, I just love Jesus. And you're like, ah. I'm, 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 not, I'm not there yet. I can't, I'm not connecting at that level. I want you to say, I want you to know this. Don't despise that. Be encouraged by that. Because what they have is free for you to experience as well. It's there. You see, many people will say, they'll put religion on you and they'll say, love God. I hate that statement. Because you love God only by receiving God's love. You can't love him any other way. You have to position yourself as how the father sees you. And he sees you in Jesus. So he sees you as his son, daughter. 
So any lie that you have that makes you feel different to Jesus is a lie that is stopping you from receiving the flow of God's love because you're not identifying yourself as how you ought to identify yourself. And you have every right to identify yourself as the son because you believe in the son's blood that was poured out for you. Preaching a good gospel here, Andrew. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Position yourself to receive God's love. And then you'll love God. Then you'll see your own value, worth, identity, and dignity. You have dignity. You don't have dignity because the person to your left says you have dignity. You have dignity and value and worth because of the blood. Any contrary word is a lie. Listen to this. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will, um, will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is so beautiful. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. It sounds a lot of works here. It sounds like his love is conditional. If you do, then I will love. Don't be fooled by that. You have to see this verse through the eyes of Romans 5.8. But God commandeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So all God's calling you to do is to keep reminding yourself that he's not just your God, he's your father. And as a result, you are his child. This says, if you go back in your notes, if you take notes later on and you go back into them, these three verses I've just mentioned here really says this, Jesus wants to release, listen to this, Jesus wants to release the experiential revelation of his love for you. He wants you to know that you are loved. The know I'm talking about isn't the head knowledge. It's the heart knowledge. He wants you to know. He wants you to sense. He wants you to feel. He wants you to accept this revelation. And as soon as that revelation is accepted in your heart, you just know. He's inviting us to know this every day. I want to touch on the tabernacle of Moses for a second. There's three levels to the tabernacle of Moses. There's an outer court, there's an inner court, there's a holy of holies. In the holy of holies, for those who've watched Indiana Jones, is the Ark of the Covenant, right? Two golden angels on top, big gold box. Forget that for now. In the inner court is the following things. A seven-sticked candlestick called the menorah. Um... The table of showbreads, which was a table that had bread, <laughs> and an altar of incense. Listen to this. It's very easy me telling you about the experiential realities of Christ. But if I don't tell you how to get there, I'm not a good teacher. So this is how you get there. Psalms 46.9 is the key. In his light, we see light. 
the reason why I say that and connect that to the tablet of Moses is this. In the inner court where the seven stick candlestick was, where the table of showbread was, where the altar of incense was, in that place, the only light that was in that room was came from the candle. The candle represents the Holy Spirit, the light of God's presence. The word of God, Psalms 119 verse 105, says that the word is a light to my path. Psalms 46, 9 says, in his light we see light. Check this out. In the light of the Holy Spirit's presence, you will receive the revelation of God's word, which is light for you. When you receive, to receive from God when you're reading scripture requires you to be aware of his presence. If you want to pursue anything, pursue being aware of his presence. Anyone who decides to pursue that sets themselves up to walk with God. If you say to yourself, I am decided that my life will be based on pursuing God's presence and pursuing God's word. That is the answer to Hebrews 11.6, which says um, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You spent 10 hours on Netflix in the last three days. How did that serve you? You were a channel on, your, on the phone for three hours. How did that serve you? You used your time in all these different ways without spending your time with God, without coming to that place to be filled. How did it serve you? It didn't serve you well. You're still angry. You're still bitter. You're still prideful. You still find it hard to receive from certain people. You still complain. You still have um, bitterness. You still have unforgiveness. You have all these things. But in the church, we accept it. We accept it. We accept pride. We accept um, unforgiveness. We accept hurt. We accept rudeness. That's not in Christ. And if it's not in Christ, why is it in you? Yeah, but Pastor Andrew, she hasn't spoken to me for two years. And so... So you will only give what you're given. That's not biblical. You don't give back to what someone's given to you. You give to them what you've received from God. That's how you walk. That's how you change people. It's not the rebuke of you that brings them to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. Colossians 1.27, I just want to go straight to the end. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you wants to be revealed. When you're filled, you will reveal, reveal him. When you're filled, you'll be led by him. When you're led by him, you will overcome all things. When you're led by him, you've actually crucified your flesh. Self doesn't exist now. Now it's let your will be done. Let me know your will and let me do your will, Lord. That's all I care about. That's also known as the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, the best way to define it is this. To want to know and do what God wants you to know and do. First and foremost in life, that's the fear of the Lord. When you're completely just set on knowing God's will and doing it, that's the fear of the Lord. God wants that for us. There are two modes of operations for the believer. Operating by flesh, self. Operating by faith, by the spirit. When 
you are not filled or being filled, you will operate in the flesh. You know what's so annoying about this? I can have a great Sunday, but if I don't get on my knees Monday morning, I'm back in my flesh. But your pastor, you shared a wonderful word yesterday. If I don't go back on my knees the following day, I am susceptible of all sorts. If that's true about me, for sure it's true about you. Don't be so happy to leave your house in yourself. Because when you're in yourself, you've set yourself up to lose. But when you put on Christ, victory is yours. Five minutes. Woo! Okay. How shall I land, Lord? Okay. Good. Everyone has a seasonal prophetic destination. What I mean by that? I'm not talking about in 10 years' time. I'm talking about next week, in two months' time. It's a season. God wants you to be here. And this location represents you successfully getting through that season. You kept your heart right. Right? You kept your heart right. You were walking with him and he allowed you to get here. This is success to you. Irrespective of how old you are. Forget about yesterday. Forget about everything. Today and the, and the season that you're in, God has a prophetic destiny for you to be in. I want to show you something. Can you come up? Simon, could you come up? Uh, Dottie, could you come up? Cedric, can you come up? Okay. Let's use my man here again. I want to show you something spiritually. It's very important. God wants him to walk through. This is his prophetic destiny for this season. It's a good place. It represents success. There's many of these seasons in your life, and in every season, he wants you here. So that at the end of your life, as long as you kept on getting to the right place in every season, for sure, when you get to heaven, you're going to be rewarded. Hallelujah. But here's the challenges. This is what happens when you don't take sin seriously. In the beginning, remember, he was hitting the chair. He's a believer. He's not a sinner. He sinned. He's a believer. But what people don't tell you is the spiritual dynamics that take place when you sin. Often when you sin, you allow entrance for the enemy into your life. Unfortunately, even, let me not say too much. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> right? Okay. Let's say he takes a step forward. He's walking with God. He sins. What happens now? Cedric, hold on to his arm. Heavy. Tight. Right? Don't let him go, right? Try without causing a fight to walk forward, right? Okay. It's a challenge, right? He's sensing issues in his life. There's no progress. There's a bit of breakthrough. He took a step forward. But that's all he got. In his frustration and confusion, he allowed other things to be a comfort in his life. Instead of the true comforter. 
as a result, more sin, more devils. He really wants to walk with God, but the sin in his life is opening himself up to the works of the enemy. Try to take a step down the line. No matter how hard he tries, he cannot get where God wants him to be. He may think, oh, you know what, it's okay, let me, allow him to come here. Allow him to come here. He may think, oh, this is fine. He's leaning on his own understanding. He thought that was the goal. It wasn't. That was the goal. There's now more issues in his life. He won't close the door to sin. He won't walk with God. He'll come to church on a Sunday and he'll do everything from Monday to, to Saturday. More sin comes into his life, more demons affect his life. <laughs> this is the head demon. <laughs> right? It is a legion, yeah. Right? Now check this out. This man will not get here. Is it God's will for him to get here? Yes. Has God called him to be here? Yes. But spiritually, he will not get here. I say all of that to say this. This is so true, the spiritual state of so many Christians. And they will cry out and say, God, help me. Not living a surrendered heart. Not wanting to seek the presence. Not wanting to get into the word. They won't do that. But they'll want God's best with little effort to receive God's best. And the effort is purely consecration, your time with God. That's the effort. And as a result, his spiritual state, I want you, no, 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 you are smiling, I don't want you to smile. Because of this, there are people in this spiritual state who as a result cannot marry the person God called them to marry. You think I'm joking? There are people in this spiritual state that will not get the job they want, will not get the house they need to be in, that they'll just go off in life. This is ruining your life. This isn't God's best for you. Is he still a believer? Yeah. Does he still go to church on a Sunday? Yeah. He's still struggling with life? Yeah. This tends to be the spiritual condition of most. One day he sat in church, he heard a message, he was convicted. He realized that holiness of God is something worth pursuing. He realized and was convicted that what he was doing and how he was living wasn't befitting to the blood that has been proclaimed to be a better thing for him. He made the decision in his heart by faith, through the grace of God. And he says, you know what? No, Lord, I'm truly going to live for you from this day. And he realized who the sun sets free is free indeed. <laughs> Deliverance was found. He took his walk seriously. It allowed him to get to a place that he couldn't have got to by himself. He started to truly believe that God was his provider. 
he started to believe that God was his healer. He started to believe that God was his deliverer. He started to believe who God says he always was, but not in a part-time fashion. He was fully in. He got married. He forgave. He was free from bitterness. You don't have to clap every time. He was free from hurt. He was free from everything that was the norm of his life. Brothers and sisters, to end. God is the God of deliverance. And simply professing to be a Christian, there's way more in your experience and in your call. I want everyone to stand to their feet. I'd like to invite the worship team. Now, this may not be for all. I get it, you know. This may not be for all. And you may think that I'm okay. Everything's fine in my life. I'm not killing anyone. I'm not stealing. But I'm going to challenge you. Are people seeing the fruit of the Spirit in your life? And if there is, if they're not, there is a blockage. I don't want anyone in this room to think that demon possession means that you'll be crawling on the ceiling. That's not a reality. Demonic possession is it's the wrong word. It's demonic influence. The enemy's trying to influence you in your decisions and in your behavior. And when you give in to those decisions that you're being influenced by, it takes you off course of God's best for you. There may be people here who are taking part in, in, in sexual sin. It's not, God's for your, it's not God's best for your life. And you may not be seeing the spiritual ramifications of it, but I tell you this, the spiritual ramifications are detrimental to you. There may be people who are stealing, who are going through addictions, who are full of guilt and shame. Listen, this is not about pointing the finger and saying shame. No, this is pointing the finger to him and saying, hooray, I'm free. He wants to deliver and set people free, but he will only do it to those who desire it. So we are, if, we, if it's okay, going to have a time of deliverance. I want to invite um, Pastor Simon, if there's an intercession team, um, and some of my KT um, guys to come to the front to be able to pray for people. But before I pray for people um, for, for deliverance, I want to say this to all. Maybe you thought coming to church is all that is needed. It's not. Maybe you thought um, having Christian parents was all that's needed. It's not. Maybe you thought buying a Bible was why you would go to heaven. It's not. It's realizing that in your own efforts, <laughs> it's realizing that your own efforts aren't good enough. That there's error naturally in our own ways. And God doesn't want you to go down your way anymore. 
This is a message to say you're going the wrong way. Turn around. If this rings true to you, I would like to say the Holy Spirit has revealed it this morning. And your response is for me to finish with this. If it rings true, this is the Holy Spirit saying to you, convicting you of sin in your life. He is saying to you this, and now I need to give the message. The sin that you're identifying with is the sin that Jesus has died for you for. He wants you free from that path and on his path. He died for you, not to carry on in sin, but to be free from it. To walk with him, to be a success, to have his life, to have a relationship with him. Irrespective of your natural relationships that you have, to have relationship with the living God. And he's died for you. Forgiveness is available to everyone here. It's free. And if you would like to receive this free sacrifice of Jesus, the God-man, dying for your sins, dying for the old you so that a new you could come in and reveal heaven on earth, I want you to say this prayer after me. And in fact, for all those who, who um, already are born again, maybe this is a refreshing moment. I want you to say these words after me as well. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I can now call you Heavenly Father. <laughs> Through the blood of Jesus Christ that has revealed my forgiveness and freedom from sin, I accept Jesus' life. I forsake mine and receive his. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. From this day on, help me live with you and for you. Amen. If that was you for the first time, I, I encourage you to come to the front um, and speak to Pastor Simon, myself, one of the ministers, just to, to just speak to you, pray for you, and just help you in your new walk with God. But for the masses, deliverance time. One of the key things to deliverance, to be free, is to renounce. Demonic influence is often, not often, all the time based on spiritual contracts. Something could have happened before you were born, something you said, something you've done has allowed a, a contractual agreement for an enemy to come in and affect your life. So renouncing is a great way to say you can't stand on that contract anymore doesn't exist it can't stand it can't remain so we're going to do this in a very interesting way i want you to say don't say it right now this i andrew i andrew um in this moment in this moment renounce and i want you to renounce 
anything the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you have to renounce. If you've taken part in Ouija boards, tarot cards, palm reading, all that stuff, renounce that. If you've um, taken part in, in, in sexual relationships and you're not married or you're married and having sexual relationships with someone else and it's adultery, it's time to renounce that, to confess and renounce. So when I pray and my other leaders pray, there is no contract stopping complete deliverance to take place. Amen? I can't force you to do this. It's a response of the Spirit. So let's try to. I and your name. This moment, through the grace of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus on and the blood of Jesus on my life, I renounce. Say your list. Say it under your breath. Don't let anyone hear. It's fine. Say it out. Make that list known. Maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe there's trauma from the past, sexual abuse, molestation, rejection, bitterness, unforgiveness. If you are a person who has unforgiveness, renounce unforgiveness and the name of the person you're going to forgive. Maybe you've been watching things and you just need to renounce it. I've opened myself up to pornography. I've opened myself up to certain cartoons that, were, were, that had certain demonic spirits uh, um, 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 infiltrated within it. I've been watching certain films that were just no good for my heart. Whatever it may be, renounce. This is the moment. The Bible says that there's power in the mouth to speak life or death. This is your moment to speak life. No one feel guilty. No one feel ashamed. There is freedom in this place. For those who are struggling with unforgiveness, I need you to know this. Don't allow that unforgiveness to keep affecting your life. Whether you see it or not, it's affecting your life. Let them go. I'm not saying they were right in what they've done. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it is right to let them go. Forgive them as Christ has forgiven you. I'm not saying be their best friend again. I'm saying simply forgive them. So in the name of Jesus Christ. If some of the prayer um, people could just come to the front, that would be great. And we can do this whilst the worship is, is, is flowing. But if we can just have some people who, Pastor Simon can identify as prayer people, KT people who want to can come and just pray for some people, that would be great. Don't, don't feel in a way if you, if you don't want to, it's fine. Hallelujah. If you feel that you need physical, someone praying for you physically, come to the front. For those who feel no, they can just receive it from their, from their um, chair. I'm going to pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to every demonic entity and influence 
that has been in the life of these vessels and houses. And I declare your eviction notice right now in the name of Jesus. I declare as a result of what has been renounced and confessed, there is no legal spiritual ground for any demonic entity to remain. And I command right now, freedom right now in the name of Jesus. Complete freedom right now in these vessels in the name of Jesus. I command freedom. I declare that every demonic entity must leave these vessels right now. Spirits of anger, we bind you right now in the name of Jesus Christ and I command you to flee from this vessel, never to return in the name of Jesus. Spirit of unforgiveness, as the names have been forgiven, I declare every ground you have to be broken, I command you to come out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of depression, we bind you right now in Jesus' name and declare you shall not remain. I command you flee from this vessel in the name of Jesus. Every unclean spirit that has come through sexual immorality, I bind you. The spirit of condemnation, I bind you right now in the name of Jesus and I declare freedom. I declare you flee from this vessel right now. You leave the body. You leave the soul now in the name of Jesus. We declare the freedom that Christ has given, who the Son has set free is free indeed. And I declare right now the finished work of the cross of Christ in the lives, in the bodies, in the minds, in the souls, in the emotions of every person here right now in the name of Jesus. Every demonic spirit that has come through any form of sexual uh, relationships, be it molestation, be it um, 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 adultery, be it fornication, as you have been renounced, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ and I command you to flee from this vessel and never to return in the name of Jesus. Prayerlessness. Every spirit that's been producing prayerlessness, I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. And I command you to flee from this vessel. I declare that the fruits of their lips shall be praised. I declare that they will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Yes, Lord, I declare right now in Jesus' name that these, your loved ones, shall give you glory, shall give you praise, for your name is worthy. Your name is power, your name is 
like a fire So we shout Jesus Shout Jesus on the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus Shout Jesus Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus Okay church just give me give me a couple more minutes of your time I just want to mention a couple of things that are important here because when God brings freedom, there are certain things that need to happen around that. The first one is we recognize, and we've heard today very eloquently put, that there are demonic influences that in so many ways can suppress or oppress our lives. I want you to be clear, as I think it's important to be clear, you cannot be possessed if you were already possessed and owned by Jesus Christ. Amen. But all of us can be oppressed, and all of us can be suppressed. There is no demon, no power of hell that can stop what God wants to do. But he waits for your agreement to do it. Now, there are people here who haven't come forward, and you've got areas of your life you've not had breakthrough in. Can you hear me? You've been waiting and waiting and waiting, abiding and trusting, and it's not happened yet. You should be here. Let people put hands on you and break some of the things that are holding you back in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't go without your freedom. Don't go home and go back into the, the patterns of life that, that you, you are used to. Let Jesus set us free. Amen? Now, we're going to stay here as long as we need to stay here because you matter to God. You matter to God and he wants you to be set free. If you need to go and you don't want prayer, that's absolutely fine. Please feel free to do that. But if you want some prayer, there's some, I feel there's some depression, there's some anxiety issues, there's some confusion issues, there's some, there's all manner of things. Particularly feel a thing about healing for the heart this morning. God wants to heal some people's hearts. You've been trying to live this life, but your heart has been hurt. And when your heart is hurt, it affects just about every aspect of your life. So please come forward. Aren't you tired of being tired of it all? Come on, church. Aren't you sick and tired of being tired of it all? Come on. Let's, let's let Jesus set, set us free from some of these things. Don't worry about people around you. They will do what they need to do. You do what you need to do. So come. Let's have you now. Come forward. We're going to pray for you. Jesus is going to set hearts free this morning. Bring healing and restoration. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Always peace, Jesus. I speak Jesus. Who wants to be free? Come on, let the Lord do what he wants to do. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark condition starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. 
Shadows burn like a fire. 
So we shout Jesus, shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus, we shout Jesus, shout Jesus on the mountain, yeah, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus, we shout Jesus, we shout Jesus, shout Jesus on the mountain, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus, cause your name is power, your name Shadows burn like Your name, your name is power. Your name, your name is power. Healing, Jesus. And He breaks every stronghold. Yeah, break every stronghold. Your name, your name, your.
We thank you, Jesus, that your love is perfect. And let's lift our hands before him as we draw our time to a close. My prayer for all of us, myself included, is that your perfect love will finish its perfect work in each of our hearts. Any adversary, any demonic influence has no power or authority compared to the dominion of Christ and his glory. Lord, I pray that you would be sovereign over all things in our lives. Come in your power, come in your glory, Jesus, and finish the story you started writing all those years ago. Be the Omega as much as you have been for us, the Alpha. And Lord, we pray that each day we live from here on in, we will move from one degree of glory to the next, to the next, to the next, Jesus, that one day we will meet with you and somehow by the work of your spirit, we will have become like you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work on us, be glory in the church, that's you, and in Christ Jesus forevermore. And let all God's people say amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you. Why don't you help me show our appreciation for Pastor Andrew all the way from KT. Thank you for being with us, Andrew. And you know, one great decision, one great decision you can make about moving forward is to come along on Thursday and just be part of that environment again where God is moving in power. May God bless you this week. I hope you have a great week. God bless you, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful week. Those watching online, thank you for being with us this morning. May God bless you also. Amen. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name.